You are listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast with Sandy Almondaris, managing editor. Turmeric and Boswellia, they're they're Batman and Robin of herbs. They're both good together, but together they're a powerhouse. So millennials obviously want to see disruption in, in all categories, and we are seeing a lot of that. There's lots of talk about millennials. Brought to you by Supply Side East, April 10th and 11th. Hi, and welcome to a Supply Side West edition of the Healthy Insider Podcast. I am on site at Mandalay Bay with Ivan Wasserman, who is a partner at Amid Talati Upadai. And Ivan is actually speaking three times at the show, so uh, hopefully he's drinking a lot of warm tea at night. Um, but this podcast, we are going to focus on FDA lawsuits, class action, specific, actually just the class action. Um, but he spoke at our workshop, FDA lawsuits and class, class action litigation in dietary supplement industry. Um, so, Ivan, the first question is, why is it... Oh, welcome, actually. Thank you, Sandy. I'm <laughs> thrilled to be here in the Supply Side West. I love doing these podcasts. They're, you know, I'm speaking three times, but I'll speak four times or five times if it's with you. Wow. Oh, that's very sweet. <laughs> um, okay, so now the first question. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> why is it important for supplement and food brands to be aware of class action trends? It's, it, it's incredibly important, a class action trend. So class actions, as many of you listening know, have become a really, really uh, uh, problematic, uh, difficult area for, for dietary supplement manufacturers. Uh, you know, I, we were thinking about this, you know, we had a trends chart presented at my, um, at my presentation, which showed the rise of class actions and how many there have been since 2012. And I was thinking that that presentation probably wouldn't have been given in 2005 or 2000. You know, no one would have shown up because class actions just weren't a thing. This type of class, there were class actions certainly, but class actions against dietary supplement companies for making claims, for making product claims, just didn't exist 20, 15, 20 years ago. When you were a dietary supplement company, you were worried about the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, if you're making claims, the Food and Drug Administration. And pretty much that was it. You know, those two big government agencies uh, were the two agencies that would possibly take some type of enforcement action based on your claims. Those two agencies still exist. They're still around. But most companies here, most of my clients are even more worried about being the target of a consumer class action. They're just very prevalent. Um, we are getting almost a letter a day on behalf of one of our clients from a plaintiff's lawyer alleging that our products are making some type of claim, making some type of representation that they don't want, and basically saying, pay us or we're going to sue you. And you can either pay them or they'll sue you, and you can ultimately win that lawsuit, but it's very expensive to defend. A letter a day? A letter a day to our law firm targeting one of our clients. How many clients do you represent? Like, I'm, I'm just, how many? <laughs> like three. <laughs> <laughs> they, wow, must be very lucrative, those, those three those clients. Those three are... companies. No, no, we do represent hundreds of, of food. No, it's not just dietary supplement companies. Yeah. We represent a lot of food companies as well. Okay, but still, uh, that's, quite a, that's quite a lot. It's a lot, and I'm sure every other law firm out there like ours is experiencing the same thing. 
So in your presentation, you noted that there are these four states, basically, that are driving this, these, where most of these class actions are filed. And so that's California, Florida, New York, and Illinois. So is a good strategy for a brand to just look at the laws of those, the consumer protection laws in those four states and make sure that they comply to them and they'll help mitigate the list? their risk or do they really have to look at every you know 50 states all of those laws so the, yeah you definitely need to be aware of, of every state's unique laws um, and every state well most states have some unique laws prop 65 for example which we really didn't talk about in our session you know it's certainly a law that's unique to California but in our session and the types of cases we're talking about every state and the federal law is pretty similar you know, these are basically allegations that somehow you are deceiving consumers because your product doesn't say it doesn't do what it says it's doing or some other type of issue. So it's really not, you know, a creature of California law or Illinois law. California definitely by far has the most of these lawsuits. And it's not that the substance of their law is the most, most unique, but they have the most sort of consumer-friendly laws to bring lawsuits. In. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's one of the biggest markets. So if you want, you know, a, a good strategy to avoid any class actions is to avoid selling products in California. But as I like to call it, the country of California. But from a market perspective, obviously, it's such a huge market that's not a viable option right. for most companies. Right. Yeah. So you're basically gonna most if you're playing, you are likely to get a class action if you're playing in this industry. It's really hard to tell a client. You know, yeah, it, you're never, if you have a big product, successful product, you're most likely going to hear from a plaintiff's lawyer. It's just a sad reality. How fun. Yeah. So you mentioned that it's, um, these, these laws are about deceiving consumers, but what are the most common allegations made against brands in class actions? So, you know, the, we're definitely seeing a trend in dietary supplements. Claims that your product are natural is is still one of the biggest it's st probably it's still bigger in the food space but you are seeing targeted uh, actions for natural uh, dietary supplements because the word isn't defined it's become this very large uh, area of law for plaintiffs lawyers what's interesting about the natural cases is there's literally been hundreds if not thousands of, of lawsuits filed in the, against natural claims not one of them has ever made it to a judge or a jury to decide whether or not the product was natural. Wow. Every single one has either been dismissed, been settled, or, or and dismissed based on sort of class certification grounds. So natural we're still seeing a lot. Specifically in the dietary supplement realm, obviously, uh, you know, claims, uh, you know, claims that your product doesn't do, or anytime, anytime you're claiming your product does something, a health claim, a, even a structure function claim, certainly a disease claim, you know, clearly we're seeing uh, consumer class action lawyers arguing that your product doesn't do that. Um, and that's very common. Uh, you don't have a right to enforce the federal law. So the Food and Drunk Cosmetic Act, only the FDA can enforce. Um, but in California, there's a special provision which basically allows consumers to bring a, law, a lawsuit based on their own laws because they argue by violating the FDA Act, you are violating the state uh, state law of consumer protection laws. It's a little bit too detailed, probably. There's a lot more I can talk about that. But anyway, those types of claims. Another thing we're seeing a lot of these days are made in USA claims. Very common these days and growing. Remember, even if your product is blended and put in a pill and put in a bottle in USA, if all your ingredients are not from uh, 
the United States, you can be the target of a class action lawsuit uh, based on sort of tricking people where your ingredients are from. Last, we're seeing a rise in slack fill cases. Uh, slack fill is not a claim. It's basically a deceptive packaging argument. So your package is, you can't see inside, it's an opaque package, and somehow uh, there's non-functional space in there, and the allegation is you're deceiving consumers into thinking there's more of your product in there, more powder, supplement, more pills, or something like that. We're seeing a lot of action in that space. Wow, so I mean, I've, I've obviously heard of the slack fill in like, you know, your potato chips, um, but it's interesting that the supplements, because usually, you know, you can look on the back and see, you know, how many, you know, two supplements is one serving and there's 30 servings, you have 60 pills, so, but still, even... Still, it's amazing, yeah, you'd think that consumers, you know, it says 30 tablets, the yeah. law requires you to say that. But they're still bringing cases that, you know, you've got too much space in that bottle, too much empty space that's not serving a purpose. Wow, interesting. Yeah. So there's no way that you can guarantee that a company won't be, won't get a letter from a class action attorney. But what are some strategies to reduce the risk? So, you know, the strategies to reduce the risk are, are very similar to the strategies to reduce the risk of an FDA or FTC action. You know, make sure your claims are substantiated. Make sure your claims your for supplements are making disease treatment claims. Uh, you know, I don't want to sound self-serving, but you know, get a lawyer involved that knows the trends, knows the buzzwords that that um, that class action lawyers are targeting that day, and that generally to make sure your product complies with the law. I think the most important takeaway is every word on your product label or in your product advertisement or in your website potentially potentially can be the target of a consumer basis of a consumer class action so you, and sometimes we've had clients get a letter or get sued based on a word or a claim that they didn't really need they didn't, it wasn't an important claim to them you know or they, they even forgot they were making it or they didn't realize they were making it on some very large website uh, so, so that's a claim that they didn't need, may not have known they were making it, and yet now they're spending lots of dollars in legal fees defending that right. claim. So scrub your websites, scrub your product labels, make sure every word on there is important to you, is important on the sale, because even if you can defend the claim, defending it's expensive. Right. Yep. Thank you so much, Ivan. You're so welcome, Sandy. I'm so happy you could join us for this podcast, and thanks for gracing this stage three times here at Supply Side. My pleasure. <laughs> And thanks to everyone for listening. You can find us online. Our website is naturalproductsinsider.com. Find us on Apple Podcasts by searching Healthy Insider Podcast and subscribe. And find us on Twitter. Our handle is at natprodinsider. Use the hashtag insiderpodcast to talk about this podcast or our other shows. Thank you for listening to today's podcast brought to you by Supply Side East. For additional podcasts featuring industry leaders and experts, visit naturalproductsinsider.com.